Welcome into episode 110 of About the Cards podcast live tonight on YouTube. As always with me, host Stefan Loeffler at Junk Wax Twins. Ben Wilson at our trading cards. I'm Tim Scheffler at Big Shep 79. We're a podcast by collectors for collectors. Hoping to bring you a smart, insightful podcast discussing trading card collecting. We're live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific on YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook Live. Follow us on Twitter about the cards. We're available as a podcast everywhere. Check out the website about the cards.wordpress.com. We have a very special guest in tonight with us, Paul Lesko at Paul Lesko on Twitter. What's up, Paul? How are you doing yeah. tonight, bud? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. How are you guys? Doing wonderful. It's it's we Ben and I were talking before. It's a flashback for us where we first met the cardboard conne- connection uh radio chat room, and, and you would come on with your law of cards, and I always thought it was so exciting and it's always very interesting topics, and to have you on our show now, and uh, you know, it makes us feel big time. So, <laughs> no, no, no. Thanks for having me on. I, I, I love talking about uh, law and the hobby, and I'm just, it, it just fascinates me that anybody's actually even interested in this because you know, normally I joke around when you have the combination of the law and trading cards. I mean, there's got to be only like eight people that care about both those things together. So we have three of them right here. So four four of them, there's four of us now, you know, so uh, we've tried to get get you on for two years, more or less, like the entire time. So when we we were able to to get you confirmed two weeks ago, we're just like, dude, I mean, (laughs) I've been looking forward to this all day, dude. I mean, I'm totally geeking out. Perfect. Great. I I hope I don't mess it up and say something really stupid. And you're like, oh, man, I've lost all respect for him. Yeah, we're going to take you off the Mount Rushmore. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the bar you have to hit. No pressure. Great. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) So, Paul, let's do this. Give us a little background on um, on yourself, like your collecting history and like, you know, how you got involved in the hobby. And then also to kind of the background of, uh, you know, what kind of a law you practice. Sure. So I started collecting uh, back in the 80s, uh, back when I was in middle school, uh, mainly focused on baseball. I uh, grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, and so I was a a Cubs collector, but my parents were uh, uh, Cardinals fans, so I collected the Cubs and the Cardinals. Um, And uh, but there was a uh, the player that really got the player that really got me going was Dwight Gooden. Uh, And uh, even though, you know, he beat up on the Cubs and the Cardinals. I uh, spent a lot of time collecting his cards, even to the point where uh, I collected some, uh, I had some Jordan rookie cards, but I traded those away for other people's uh, goodens. So I, uh, you know, worst collector that's out there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you and, don't want to uh, know what I traded a Jordan rookie for. An 88, <laughs> 88 box <laughs> score, straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're both in the same boat there, so... <laughs> I uh, uh, I got out of collecting for a while, and then uh, when uh, my wife and I started having kids, uh, I decided you know what would be cool is you know let's let's get them you know the sets from the day you know the year they were born. Let's you know get them the sets of cards. And so the first time I was looking at that was uh, 2006, and I'd been out of the hobby for such a long time. I didn't realize that there were relic cards. I didn't realize that there were autographs. I didn't realize there were so many different products, and I just geeked out. And uh, ever since then, I've been uh, um, a, a real, you know, really good collector, especially with baseball still. Uh, but then, you know, being a lawyer and seeing all the legal issues that are involved with cards, I mean, trademarks, copyrights, uh, those issues and how litigious these companies are. That's what really fine tuned my uh, 
<laughs> that's what really fine-tuned my uh, uh, collection was that you know I want to I want to collect cards that are involved in lawsuits. That's that that's really where I've spent my focus uh, most recently. Uh, but you know, background-wise, I'm um, uh, a lawyer. I started in '99. Uh, I worked for a large defense firm, and I did intellectual property work, patents, copyrights, trademarks. I would defend the big companies that were uh, you know being sued and getting them uh, out of their uh, legal issues. I uh, decided at uh, about six or seven years in, I didn't you know want to always represent defendants, so I flipped over, uh, started an IP group for a plaintiff's firm, uh, and then patents was my main focus, but those fell apart uh, recently. Uh, so now I do uh, basically any type of uh, uh, plaintiff's work. Uh, yeah. Anytime uh, you know it's someone small or a startup gets off, we we step in and we, we we try to help them. But still, my number one love is copyrights, trademarks, patents, and baseball cards. Your number one love is hot chocolate. Number two can be patents and. <laughs> it's actually true. I keep trying to give up hot chocolates, and then you know they just keep bringing me back in. But uh, I, I I don't drink coffee, so I balance it out with hot chocolate. So that's you know that's that's my weakness. That's that's allowed. That's not bad. I, 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 lo I love that he prefaces and say, hopefully I don't say anything dumb on the show. And then like first line, he's like, I used to collect Cubs and Cardinals at the same time. <laughs> I've been setting the bar real low here. I mean, you know, if I'm going to deep six myself. We're going to go out right from the beginning. Let's do it, man. Sure. So what, uh, someone asked, uh, what suburb of Chicago? Uh, Bolingbroke. So if you don't know where Bolingbroke is, you know, everyone knows where Joliet is because of the Blues Brothers. And then lots of people know where Naperville is. Bolingbroke is the town right between both those towns. Is it Schaumburg that we were in, uh, Shep? Yeah, we were in Schaumburg during, for the National last year. Yeah, that's, that's more of a northern suburb. We're, uh, mm -hmm. we're in the, a southern suburb, and it's the last truck, it's, well, Romeoville, but it's the last truck stop on the way to uh, Chicago. Nice. Yeah, the Chicago is 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 a lot. There's a lot more to it than I than I thought. You know, with all the different uh, suburbs and, and the neighborhoods and everything that's made up, uh, it's a very interesting city. So I'd love to go back and just spend some time hanging out in the city versus you know at the the convention center looking at cards. But I can tell you that was a lot of fun too. So yeah, but, well, uh, that's part of the Beaver Tour 2021. Where they yeah. It's the best food. I mean, best the best food in the world. I think is in Chicago. Every time I go there, I've I've got a. I mean, I just the the there's a burrito place in Bolingbrook, uh, El Burrito Loco. Every time I go there, I've got to go and get my six dollar burrito. You know, even if I'm on an expense account and I can eat wherever I want, that six dollar burrito is it's mind changing. It's life changing. It's really well, we good. went to some some Italian beef place. What was it called? Johnny's or Jimmy's or something? Steph, that last it, yeah. And they like you order your food. If you're not ready to order, well, they're gonna kill you. And then before you can sit down, your food's ready. And it was it was legit. It was awesome. Like Italian beef and sausages and and shaved all. ice. Yeah, it was great. It's crazy. Yeah, Italian um, beef, good stuff. Oh yeah. So give us a little background on the uh, Upper Deck versus Panini case, the uh, Michael Jordan background case. As a lot of people know it. Yeah, this is this is one of my uh, favorite uh, ongoing cases right now. It's uh, Panini came out with uh, a couple cards uh, that had one was a card of uh, Dennis Rodman, and one's a card of Scottie Pippen. And uh, some you know astute collector noticed uh, really small in the background of a Scottie Pippen card. There's a you know cards this big and really small in the in, in the background. You have uh, Michael Jordan. 
and uh, the card, you know, got a little bit of a claim. People were buying it on eBay, bumped up its value. So then uh, you also have a Dennis Rodman card where in the background, you've got Michael Jordan, a little, he's taller. He's definitely noticeable uh, in this card. And Upper Deck, I think at this point, just had enough of this. You know, Upper Deck has the exclusive license with uh, Michael Jordan, but Panini, as everyone knows, has the exclusive license with the NBA. So that's why we have not gotten cards of Michael Jordan in a Bulls uniform in a long time. So Upper Deck uh, sued Panini for this. And it's, it, it's, it's kind of a funny lawsuit because, I mean, it's only based off of two cards. And I think, you know, if this lawsuit goes on for a long time, I think Panini wins it because uh, there's so little at issue uh, uh, here. And, uh, yeah, you can see uh, right in the bottom right-hand corner, that little figure right there. Uh, and it, I measured it. It's 0.25 inches, 0.25 inches tall. Uh, that's that's part. That's 50% of the lawsuit right there. Um, Panini moved to try to uh, get this lawsuit dismissed. And the judge uh, said, uh, no, you know, there's there's actually an issue here. Uh, you know, Upper Deck, you say that you've got the rights to sue on behalf of Michael Jordan. Uh, if that's true or not, we'll figure that out in the case. But, you know, that's, you know, Michael Jordan in there. Panini, you know, might not have the rights to actually put him in there. So let's at least let this lawsuit proceed for a little bit. And I, I, I think this is, you know, really funny because it's only two cards. There's not much money involved in this lawsuit. And both companies are spending a lot of money. And this is really one of those lawsuits that I think both parties could probably sit down in the same room. And Upper Deck could say, hey, stop it. You know, maybe you made some mistakes here, maybe you didn't notice it. Just just stop it and we'll let you go. And you know, Panini could say, You're right, we made mistakes, we won't do it ever again. But they're still fighting over it. There's it's and discovery is going to start soon. It's about to get expensive. Uh, so it's. I hope it goes on. I mean, I think it's best for everybody if it settles. But I love a train wreck, and this lawsuit has train wreck written all over it. <laughs> loses, I mean, because really, if Upper Deck loses this, you're going to see Michael Jordan in the back of every card from here on out, baseball, tennis, golf. You're going to have Michael Jordan everywhere because it's, it's, it's going to set bad precedent. But if uh, Upper Deck does win, I mean, obviously, it really makes exclusive licenses for players that much more powerful, which I think sucks for everybody else in the hobby. But, uh, you know, if, if that's what Upper Deck wants to do, it's a, I think it's a, a gamble. Uh, good luck to them for it. Uh, but they should really settle that one. Yeah, no, I just it's it's so crazy that that small of a, an image of someone uh, can make up that big of a deal. Like there's the, there's a there's a LeBron James card with the Kobe Bryant in it. Um, and it that LeBron James card has skyrocketed in price. I think it's the first year they made optic. It's like 13, 14 or 14, 15 optics, something like that. Uh, and that's LeBron James now has gone up tenfold because there's a, a he's making a layup and Kobe's in the background. Yeah. No, and that's, that's what happened with these cards too. Uh, right when the lawsuit came out, uh, I collect the cards involved in lawsuits. So I bought these cards and I bought the Scotty Pippen cards for four ninety nine, and pretty quickly they went to 20, 25 bucks. And I think they're worth even more now after the uh, last dance special. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Once people know Michael Jordan's in the background or a player you likes in the background, that's that, that does help the card value go up. So you can kind of see why upper deck is doing it. And, but also with that Scotty Pippen card, there's another version of that card in another product where uh, Panini cropped it so that 
Michael Jordan wasn't in that card. So you kind of have an inference of intent there where in one card, no Michael Jordan. In another card, there is Michael Jordan. Well, you know, it kind of looks like maybe they stuck him in there because they knew this would happen. Word of mouth would come out about it and they didn't, they'd you know, get their sales increased. Yeah. So uh, kind of similar to, was it the um, Hawks player where you have the Braves logo in the background? You know, it was uh, the Zion Williamson, and there's the guy wearing the Braves jersey or sweatshirt in the background of the of the car on the sidelines, and it's clearly says Braves right across his his shirt. I saw that, and I really hope there's not a lawsuit over that one because I cannot afford that card. <laughs> I think that one quickly went you know, three figures, and you know, it's probably going up from there. Yeah, well, you know, it, it takes I me mean, back to like in the '80s when cards were more, or '90s when cards were more valuable. Like Sam Vincent, right? He had the card uh, in 1991 hoops where he's making a layup, and Jordan's in the photo wearing number 12 because his jersey was stolen. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that card was worth more because Michael Jordan's on it. He's wearing a strange number, or like the Mark Jackson from that same set with the where you can see the um, Menendez brothers. Uh, yeah. on, the, mm-hmm. on the court sideline, you know, that went insane. Mark and that took 30 years for us to find. If somebody <laughs> was just looking at Mark Jackson cards from 1990 going, oh, look, the, you know. Or Pierre uh, Curtin with uh, Patrick Kane in the front. Yeah. yeah. It makes you wonder, who's that observant? I mean, is there somebody with a you know a magnifying glass looking at every single card, trying to figure out what's there? I mean, that's I, I mean that especially that Michael Jordan there. I mean, that's, that's good eyes. I mean, that's, that's hard to see. No comment. So – a lot, a lot of times, I, on, especially on Twitter, I get into conversations and there's certain words that are misused. You know, people use value when they meant worth and things, things like this that irritate me because of my background. I know that a while back I had said something to you about a lawsuit being frivolous. And you're like, it's not frivolous because, <laughs> you, you know, I'm like, look, okay, as just a normal old layman person, to me, it's frivolous. I mean, we live in, you know, Shep and I live in California where, I mean, if you look at somebody wrong, Ah, lawsuit, you know, I'm going <laughs> to sue you over, you know, at what point though, even though they, they should be doing this, at what point do we really look at these and go, these are petty and yeah. frivolous, maybe not in legal ease frivolous, but just in a common folk, like, come on, is that really how we're spending our time? Like you said, discovery is going to get super expensive really quick. At what yeah. point do you look at it and go, it, he's just a little speck in a corner, buy it if you like it, but we're not going to sue over it. Yeah. And and the reason uh, uh, I, I, I jumped on you about frivolous is because uh, Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 11 actually has the term frivolous in there and it's defined. And that's one of those. Uh, it's a threat to another lawyer where if they bring a lawsuit that's not legally, there's no legal basis to it. If you use the word frivolous and you mention Rule 11, it means I'm going to move for sanctions against you. So that's why when an attorney hears the word frivolous, they pay attention because they don't want to get sanctioned. So, so gotcha. that was a jerk reaction when I heard that. I'm like, oh, I'm not sanctionable. It's not sanctionable. But no, you're. I mean, you're, but you're you're exactly right though with this card uh, because it's it's really it's a phone call. I mean, you know, these companies, yes, they're competitors, but it's just you know, it's a small field. Everybody knows each other. This is a phone call where they should call them up and say, hey, cut this out. What are you doing? Do you want to get yeah. sued? Just stop it and go from there. I mean, that's, that, that's real. I mean, maybe, you know what, maybe that did happen. We don't always get to see what's behind the scenes, but uh, yeah, this is, this is one of those that I think it's, it's, a, it's a dumb lawsuit. 
I'm getting a lot of entertainment value out of it, though. But this <laughs> is one of those dumb walks that should have worked. It should work its way out. We also had a fun one, the Savoy versus um, uh, Collector's Universe, PSA, PWCC, and the probe scene about the trimmed and graded the graded cards. Yeah, uh, what, no, what's going on with that with that one there? Yeah, so that's the, uh, you know, everybody will remember uh, last year or two years ago how uh, ESPN and a lot of news services were covering, you know, the investigations by a lot of collectors that they noticed there were a lot of graded cards that looked to be trimmed. I mean, they bounced around the, the cases they were in. You know, they're obviously not, you know, the same size. So there was a lot of concern that, you know, potentially PSA or it was, you know, grading cards that it shouldn't be. And PSA has a policy that if they grade a card and it shows itself to have been modified, you know, they will, you know, give you a refund or give you the value of, of, of the card. I'm not exactly sure of the policy, but they, they will do something for you. So it's, you know, they take pride in not grading modified cards or they'll put an ast. I guess nowadays they put an asterisk and say modified or trimmed or whatever they'll do for it. But um, so Savoy was the first one to bring a lawsuit about this. Uh, he uh, brought a lawsuit against, you know, you know, Collectors Universe slash PSA, Probstein, uh, and also uh, PWCC. And uh, in the lawsuit, he says, hey, I bought what I believe is a, a trimmed and graded card, but he didn't identify it and still brought a lawsuit. And, for, you know, he says, this card's not worth what I paid for it. Plus, I have other graded cards, I think, because all this news came out here. All my graded cards aren't worth what they're supposed to be worth. They're supposed to be worth more. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really um, a lawsuit that it's kind of a fishing expedition uh, is, is really where it is. So really quickly from the beginning, uh, you notice in this lawsuit that, well, he says he has a card that he believes was trimmed. Okay, well, what is it? He didn't specifically identify what the card was. He didn't, uh, you know, say that it was trimmed, just that he believed it was trimmed. So the, the, the defendants moved to get the lawsuit dismissed because, hey, you know, if, if you're in a car accident, you can identify the car that hit you. You have to identify, you know, what happened here, what's the wrong that happened here. And since he's not identifying the card and he's not saying that it, that it was def definitively trimmed, please get rid of this lawsuit. The judge agreed. The judge uh, dismissed the lawsuit. But uh, since this was a fixable error, told Savoy, hey, you know, you can refile this lawsuit. There might be something here, but you need to get it right. So Savoy just this week uh, refiled his lawsuit and he identified the card that he thinks is trimmed that he has. And it's a Ricky Henderson rookie. But again, he says, I believe this card is trimmed. He doesn't say it, it is trimmed. He didn't get an expert to look at it and crack the case and measure it and, you know, even look at the sides and say, yeah, this is not cut. This is trimmed. Uh, he says he still believes, but doesn't actually know it. So it'll be interesting to see what the judge does here. Uh, I, I, I think the case for some logistical, re you know, some lawyerly reasons is going to move courts. It's going to go from federal court back to a state court and state courts have you know looser standards than the federal standards so maybe that's good enough to get by i don't think it is i don't think it should because i mean again if he has a trimmed card prove it's a trimmed card and i mean maybe yeah. you don't even need to get an expert measure it i mean just show hey it's supposed to be three and a half inches and this one's actually three or i mean measure put, it put it in front of <laughs> you know layer it up against other cards 
Yeah, no, it, 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 and this isn't hard. Just do it. <laughs> so. If you know who this guy Savoy is, he's not very bright. I, I mean, I, I went back and forth on some economic stuff with him before he finally blocked me because he guy's just a knucklehead. Mm -hmm. um, but aside from that, let's let's extrapolate and play it out. I mean, what at the end of the day is he really trying to to gain from this? I mean, it, it, he's not going to get millions of dollars in this lawsuit. I mean outside of his legal fees, what, what, what does a win look like for him, I, I guess? So he is, uh, the lawsuit is uh, uh, drafted as a class action. So it's not just on behalf of his injury, it's on behalf of all, you know, everybody who ever bought a, a, a traded or a, a, a trimmed but graded card. Uh, I mean, also, I mean, it's basically anybody who bought a graded card and the values he believes have gone down be, since this, you know, controversy came out. So he's, you know, looking for more than that, more than just himself. And, you know, if you bring a class action and uh, the class action, only a judge can let a class action go forward. You can bring a class action, but the judge will have to say, yes, I will let it go forward as a class action. We're not even there yet. Typically, in, in a case like that, if you win, the plaintiff does get an incentive award because they're the ones that basically represented the class. They're the ones that went through all the rigmaroles that you have to go through. So, yes, he's looking at it from the basis of his card. Uh, maybe he's looking at it as, hey, I want to better the hobby. I want this practice to end. But, you know, there's also that incentive award uh, that, that's potentially built in there. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but again, you know, like the uh, Michael Jordan in the background case, his lawsuit's about two cards. So it's a Ricky Henderson card that he alleges is trimmed. But then he also alleges that he bought another card uh, from Probstein which is why they're in the lawsuit. But that card, he doesn't even allege is trimmed. He just says, hey, the value of this card had to have dropped because it showed, because Probstein is selling allegedly trimmed cards. So therefore, the value that I paid for isn't what the value actually is. See, see and if you put one financial-based expert on a stand for 60 seconds, you can destroy the narrative of what a card is worth today versus yesterday versus tomorrow. I mean, it wouldn't take very much for somebody to get up there and just say, you know what? Market worth is extremely volatile, and at the end of the day, this whole industry is based on hocus pocus and and you know unicorn farts. It, it does. I mean, they're cardboard. It's not a commodity. It wouldn't really take much for somebody to get up there and refute that. Well, I lost money. Well, did you? Did yeah. you? And if you made yeah. money as a result, are you willing to pay more for it? In other words, right? I mean, it's like that other lawsuit a while back uh, with the guys that had. Uh, the redemption lawsuit and it's like okay well if your card went up in the six months it took panini to fulfill this redemption you're telling me you're going to write them a check right yeah because your yeah. card went up if you had pulled it today live and you sold it on ebay in the next seven days and you made x and and six months later it's worth y don't you owe panini the difference if that redemption is the reason you didn't get an opportunity to sell it as a live card you're crying woe is me well it, it's a two-way street brother you can't yeah. have it both ways. And all you need is one person to explain that on the stand and mic drop, walk off and say, cool, I'm gonna go get my hot chocolate across the street. Yeah. And, and the, the, the Henderson card that he bought, uh, he bought it for $89. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's worth more today. <laughs> so that, that kind of hurts his argument too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that guy is, that guy is. So when I realized who it was, 
that that what his Twitter handle was, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me! This is great. You want to talk about entertainment? I was just, I was like, this this is what I'm going to have to follow. Yeah, and I mean, so I mean, they PSA does have a policy. So let's say the card is trimmed, uh, and therefore it's you know not worth the nine grade or what whatever the grade of the card was. In that instance, he should be able to get you know according to PSA's policy the value of the card or, or whatever their uh, guarantee is. Uh, that should be the lawsuit. It, you know, it should be that and then it's done. Uh, trying to extrapolate that out into a class. If he can prove that there is a big grand conspiracy where a lot of cards were trimmed and then graded, well, then, you know, then you should be able to go forward with that. But, you know, as PSA points out, how does that help us? The fact that, you know, people are submitting trimmed cards and we're grading them that, you know, that doesn't help us. We, we take our money in the front end. I mean, you know, if we return the card anyway, say it's not graded. I mean, we're not making any extra money by making people happy, you know, afterwards. And so it's, we'll see what happens. I, I, I think the lawsuit will get dismissed again and it'll get dismissed finally. If it gets dismissed again, I'm going to, I'm going to laugh just because yeah, of, not, of who filed it. Not, not, not the premise of it. Just, just do it right. And then think of all the money you're spending, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> One of my favorite guys in the hobby, at least on Twitter, and we've had him on the show, Brian Gray. Uh, there's a lawsuit with, between Leaf and Upper Deck. So uh, what, what's going on with these two guys? Or these two yeah, companies? So the, the Leaf versus Upper Deck lawsuit, this is, I think it's been going on for like two years now. And uh, it, it was getting ready to go to trial. Uh, but uh, then the COVID uh, lockdown happened. And uh, unfortunately, their uh, trial got bumped and it's put into limbo. And uh, even though everybody was ready to go to trial in about, I think it was two weeks, uh, you know, they've been sitting on the sidelines uh, since then. So that's that's a lawsuit. It's basically both parties are actually suing each other. Upper Deck is suing Leaf for using some of their exclusive athletes in their cards. And Leaf is suing Upper Deck for antitrust, saying, hey, uh, you know, with your um, uh, illegal monopoly for uh, uh, hockey cards, uh, and the way that you're, you know, you know, the way that you've, you've got distributor agreements allegedly worded that the distributors can't work with us if they're working with you. Uh, that is, you know, that's illegal. So it's, it's a complicated lawsuit. And uh, just because it's a complicated lawsuit, you never know what's going to happen uh, when, it, when it reaches the jury. But what happened at the last second uh, in this case was Upper Deck brought a motion for sanctions. Again, Leaf brought a motion for uh, for sanctions against Upper Deck, and in there, in in this motion, they allege that Upper Deck compensated a witness in the case to give favorable testimony against Leaf, and um, a lot of these filings are under seal, so we don't actually know what uh, what the testimony was or what actually was happening. Uh, but the judge, um, after a lot of rounds of briefing and initially denying the motion, said, hey, you know, since this case is on hold, let's look into these issues. Um, Leaf, you could take a four hour deposition of the, the guy who allegedly has this testimony that's been bought. You can talk to his attorney uh, for four hours, uh, see you know, what happens, submit that to me, and then I will rule on whether uh, sanctions are warranted here or not. And you know, if if, if sanctions are warranted, I, it, it's it's that's the less important uh, issue here. This is a complicated case. The jury's going to be lost on this. But if the jury hears that it, only if this happened, that upper deck potentially compensated a witness 
the to testify favorably towards upper deck, then the jury's going to draw the presumption that, hey, maybe upper deck's case is weak. I mean, if they're bribing witnesses, that that that's not good. Their, their case has to be weak. So it's a pretty powerful motion in that regard. If Leaf wins it and that testimony gets in front of a jury, I guarantee the jury shuts down and they're not going to listen to anything upper deck says the rest of the case. So um, regardless of what actually happens with the motion, you know, whether upper deck gets sanctioned and pays $5,000 or whatever ultimately happens, it's the fact that they were sanctioned. If they do get sanctioned, that's the most important thing. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with this. So much of it's been filed under seal. I can't actually you know, make a decision on whether there was tampering or not. The judge will uh, ultimately do that over the next couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, it's it, you know, I always hope for chaos in the industry. So we'll, 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 we'll see what happens uh, with that so, ruling. So we're rooting for tampering then is, is, is what it is, right? I'm rooting for chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Always much more fun when there's chaos and you're not involved. You just get especially, to sit back in the sidelines and watch. Yeah, that's when BG is involved. That's the thing. If BG's oh, involved sure. and there's chaos, yeah. 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 Chaotic <laughs> neutral. Yeah. And actually, he, uh, and so they uh, brought this motion uh, earlier and, and the motion was denied earlier. And uh, Leaf brought a, uh, a motion for, well, they appealed it basically in, in a, they wanted the judge to reconsider it. And that never works. That never works. Uh, I, I was in a I was in a court once, and the judge asked the lawyer who was bringing this motion, "Wait, you want me to bring a motion to overrule myself? Is that what you want me to do?" <laughs> I mean, it, it never happens. So um, I I probably got you know all over Twitter. I probably said, "Yeah, you're going to lose this. There's no way you're going to win this." So, uh, but you know, uh, the the motion to reconsideration was reconsidered. Uh, judge is looking at it. So you know, score one for Brian Gray. Uh, he uh, he beat me, <laughs> so he he knows a little bit more about the legal system in this one little instance than I do. Oh yeah, he uh, he's a very interesting character. I know that uh, Ben had some questions about some Aguirre Project Twenty Twenty cards and some logos or images that were used. Yeah, we you you'd mentioned something earlier, the inference of intent, and, and you know, obviously Mark McGuire has a very recognizable nickname which is big mac and then sure. you know this project 2020 is a reimagination uh of the the iconic card um in this case the 87 tops you know if you put a guy whose nickname is big mac in front of a hamburger we're just going to go ahead and assume that your inference is that that's what it is it's not a whopper behind him even though there's not the third bun in the picture uh, if if you're McDonald's and you caught wind of this, is this something first off that you could sue for? And and you know, not to use the word frivolous again, is it really <laughs> worth their their time? I mean, McDonald's is like a Starbucks, right? There's one on every street corner. Uh, it's a it's a mill of convenience. Um, they're the the fast food giant. Um, I, I mean, can they sue and and should they? Yeah, so this is uh, uh, so the trademark, and and I looked this. I actually did look this up. So uh, McDonald's owns quite a few trademarks for Big Mac. They don't uh, own a registered trademark for Big Mac on trading cards. So at first blush, yes, you know uh, you, you you can do this if you if you wanted to do this. However, 
Big Mac's a pretty famous mark that's out there. So famous marks get a little bit more than actually what the registrations say. Now, the card doesn't say Big Mac. Well, the field card does say Big Mac, but this card does not say Big Mac. Um, there's ketchup on there. You know, no one puts a ketchup on a Big Mac. It's missing that extra thing of bread. So, you know, it's one of those things where I, I, I would agree to you. It's it's frivolous in the common use of the term rather than the legal term. I think if a lawyer would bring this lawsuit, it would at least survive a motion to dismiss. Uh, but it's one of those ones where I think all the companies are like, I, I don't think it hurts McDonald's at all. I think McDonald's, while there would be a, uh, a uh, they would have to police their marks in order to keep their marks. You have to police your marks. They do have some justifiable deniability here by saying it's not, a, we don't have a trading mark, a trademark for a trading card. So, you know, this one's fine. Um, gotcha. I, so I don't, I don't think there will be any litigation over it. Um, but it's, 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 it, it, it's always a fun issue. And, uh, I did not buy that card. So I hope there isn't litigation over it. I mean, <laughs> just to show you where I am, you know, I do buy cards. If I think there will be litigation over it, I did not buy that card because I, I don't think there will be litigation over it. Well, and then, so, so that was the Gregory Siff on the field. You had the, the Olympic. Okay. We, we, we know that arguably the 1985 Olympic card is more iconic than the 87 tops. Yeah. Um, but of course, if you're going to do a Maguire, you can't do the 85 anymore because tops no longer has the, the license. So then the next best would be the 87, uh, which is the true rookie card. And, and so with, with Thiel, you got the picture of the 85, which at that time in 1985 tops had the right to use the Olympic. What happens now? I mean, you know, Panini holds that license. This this is a closer issue, and I did buy the field card specifically for this because I thought this was a, a closer one for a potential lawsuit. Now, it, it'll ultimately turn on whether there is uh, uh, what the contract between Tops and uh, USA Baseball says. If the contract with Tops and USA says, hey, if you have any of these cards that you made lawfully, you can reprint them at a later date, uh, then Tops has some cover here. Uh, if the contract does not say that, and I would probably think that the contract does not say that just because they did not use the USA card for the card that you're going to utilize for Project 2020, um, I, I, I think you're in a gray area. I would not have cleared that. I, I would have said, hey, this is a great idea to have this card here, but take it away. You know, it, that, that that's just too close. So. And again, that's why I bought this card. I, I, I think there is a chance for litigation over it. So uh, I bought it and, you know, we'll you know see what happens. I mean, it's I mean, this is a litigious industry. Uh, I mean, to go back about the Big Mac, there's already been lawsuits in this industry about nicknames. Uh, Kevin Durant was sued. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was sued uh, along with Panini over using Durantula on a card and that card got changed uh, just to say Durant instead of Durantula. So there have been lawsuits in the industry over nicknames on trading cards. So it's it's not unheard of. It could possibly happen. And it's a litigious industry. So, so I mean, I think a lot of people think it's a you know frivolous lawsuit in the sense that a common person would use it. But that doesn't stop anybody, any of the companies in this industry from bringing lawsuits like that. So so what about this one? This is the Blake Jameson McGuire, and everything on it's 85 or 87. I mean, it's the 87 border, the 87 stance, 87. 
McGuire, what he looked like, the number and the name, but it's the USA card. And, and Blake actually had number 41 on there before the card was released. Uh, but Tops made him change it because that was his Olympic number. Then so he changed it to 25. So this, I mean, takes both cards and makes them, puts them together. But how close to the line would you say this one is where it's blatantly a USA card, but in the scheme of 87 Tops? Yeah, I, I, I bought this one too because <laughs> I think this one is actually too close to the line. And uh, when the uh, card came out, I actually went out on Twitter and uh, I, I said, I don't know what Panini and uh, you know USA Baseball are thinking by you know letting this one go because uh, not only does it you know look like the USA card. Uh, in an interview, Blake Jameson did say that that was the inspiration for this. Is I wanted that that you know that look for that uniform to be on the card. And when it comes, and yes, it's not the USA baseball uniform, but that's not the standard for trademark law. The standard for infringement for trademark is a likelihood of confusion uh, for the consumer. If a consumer looks at that card and thinks that's a USA baseball supported card, then that is enough. That's all you need. You don't need an exact copy. You just need something, uh, you just need an image that's getting a free ride on something else. And that's, I mean, that's really the way I look at it. This card, this amalgam of, uh, of you know, his, you know, two rookie cards is a trying to get a free ride off of a card that they might not have the rights to. So that's why I think that is potentially actionable. Now I went on Twitter, I posted that out and I got a lot of crap from a lot of people about that. And uh, there's a lot of uh, what we call in the business post hoc justifications from users saying, oh, I didn't even think of the USA card. I thought Cardinals, really? You thought Cardinals, <laughs> you saw that? Okay, good, good, good job with that one. But yeah, the um, American flag for the Cardinals is what gave it away <laughs> back here. The giant <laughs> American flag says yeah. St. Louis Cardinals to me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I love it because he broke the news about this card uh, on our show. He, he he teased it. He didn't show it, but he talked about it because he couldn't release the image yet. And then ends up on the cover of a Beckett, yep. and then it becomes a you know a very not controversial, but talked about you know hey like we're we're dancing on the line here. And I love that fact that he was on our show and talked about it. And you know, plus I love those two cards, and we always give Ben crap because. We always say 85 is the rookie card. Ben's an 87 rookie card guy. But that card puts them both together, and it makes, like, the perfect card for both anybody that wants a Mark McGuire rookie card. It's like, here's the best compromise we could come up with. Enjoy it. Plus, it's going to have some controversy with it, too. So enjoy. Yeah, I, I really – I mean, I really like the card. I mean, the, the fact that – and I love artists. I love artists, especially those that push the boundaries. And, you know, and I, I really do like Blake Jameson and a lot of what he's done here. And the fact that he's willing to walk right up to the line and I think pass the line and get tops to even make the card, I mean, power to him. I mean, that's that's great. I, my, my beef isn't with, you know, uh, Blake Jameson. It's with tops who I think should have said, okay, great idea pull it back a little bit you know that's that that was their that, that's what i think their job was and again if i was general counsel uh for tops and i saw that i would not have cleared that card and if i did clear that card i'd have some sleepless nights over it. but i mean well, i would you know I, I could see them in the in the oakland colors but have the american flag in the background right or something to that effect where it's like oh just a patriotic card you know it's yeah. and just kind of play off that and have people kind of go god he also had that usa card but 
you yeah. know. No, but it, I, I love it dancing on the line. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great card. It's great issues, and you know, so far. And again, I'm probably more conservative when it comes to clearing things and other people. Uh, I mean, Panini and USA Baseball have not done anything about it. So that's it. They got a card. People are talking about it. It looks great. Um, if Panini and uh, USA Baseball never do anything about it, Tops made the right call. You know, regardless where that line is and if they're over it, if they don't get sued, it's the right call. So let me tack one on here. <clears throat> we, we'd addressed um, the McDonald's and McDonald's issue and them saying that uh, they essentially just don't care. Um, but if, if since they've been featured previously on stuff, as the example show here, um, would that be on them to chase it if they so chose or... I, I think uh, here it's a little bit different because it, it's there's no Big Mac. It's, uh, you know, McDonald's All-American, um, the McDonald's symbol there. Uh, you know, th th those are, uh, you know, different logos. And they, they've given permission uh, in those instances to sure, use I'm them. assuming some sort of licensing agreement. Well, right, I, right. McDonald's issued that card, though. That card was available at McDonald's. Right. So, yeah. so I mean, I... I, I, I think I see what your argument is, is the fact that, uh, you know, since McDonald's has had tra trading cards in the past, the fact that you have a Big Mac card or a card that says Big Mac on there, well, people might be confused and think, hey, this could be a McDonald's card. This could this could be a card you get in a Happy Meal. So I like it. Well, you're, you're, so, you know, you're, you're blazing the ground to be a future plaintiff's attorney with that. <laughs> so as, as a one-off to a one-off, you have something like Archive Signature Series where they do these buybacks and have yes. to sign. We just talked about the 1980 Tops uh, Ricky Henderson. I mean, Tops can go buy one of those back. I, I believe they did slap a one of one stamp, have Ricky sign it, and pack it out. Could they do that with the 1985 Tops McGuire? I would imagine not, right? I mean, you can't no. reprofit off of it, even though technically that was a packed out card in a Tops pack 35 years ago. They, uh, I mean, unless there's a contract that they have that would prevent them, if you buy a card, uh, you can do whatever you want to that card. Well, not whatever. You can do, you can change that card. You could stamp on it. You could put a signature on it and you could resell it. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not a copyright infringement because you're not making a copy. Uh, it's not necessarily a trademark infringement because you're not, uh, I mean, if you put the disclaimer on there that this is a, Tops card. We're doing, you know, we're the ones that are doing this, and we know this because of Leaf. Actually, Leaf had the uh, best of baseball uh, product that was out there, where they were taking. Uh, 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 well, even before that, you had uh, actually it was Kevin Durant again. They got a hold of a bunch of uh, Kevin Durant uh, rookie cards from Tops, from Upper Deck, from you know other companies, and then they also got some stickers uh, of Kevin Durant signatures. Uh, and that they put those stickers on other Kevin Durant cards and they sold them and they got sued by Panini. The lawsuit settled confidentially. You don't know what happened, but Leaf sold those cards. They were still allowed to get rid of their inventory. So I would assume that they won. So, yes, if they if Tops would buy that card and change it a little bit and then re-release it, as long as it's that original card. Yeah, you're allowed to do that as long as you're not making copies. Yeah. You're, you're, we saw that yeah, because Leaf also did that with the, they bought back a bunch of 1990 Leaf cards mm -hmm. uh, that was part of the Upper Deck Company, which is part of Panini. But 
they bought the Leaf brand out of bankruptcy or whatever, but they bought those cards and re-stamped them and reissued them. Leaf memories. In a special, yeah, Leaf memories. And then also recently, too, you had Onyx authenticated Onyx, yeah. by a bunch of paper, Bowman, uh, base Bowman, Jason Dominguez, first, first Bowman cards uh, that weren't autographed originally and had him autograph them, and then they were selling those. And, and that, to me, was like, again, yeah, they bought it secondary market. They, you know, they, they autographed it, but they didn't, besides that, to me, they didn't really change the card besides him autographing it in person. Uh, and then they were selling those cards. So that, to me, was like right on the line because it wasn't, I mean, they didn't package it out and their stuff, but they were selling those cards. So that was kind of really iffy on me. If it was an individual, it's not as bad. I, I would see like Ben did it. And, it, you know, he's friends with Jason Dominguez. Who cares, right? But it's a card company that did it, so it gets a little, a little yeah. gray, I guess, right? And th and this is the beauty of Brian Gray because uh, he and uh, you know again it's settled confidentially, but you can read between the lines that uh, you know yeah you use another company's card, you sign it or put a signature on there. As long as when you're selling that product, you have disclaimers that you know this is a Leaf product that has nothing to do with Tops, it has nothing to do with anybody else. Uh, it's it's you know that's allowable. So we, we have so, two final qu questions for you tonight. One, when you were filming um, Face the Music, the Ted and uh, Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure number three, uh, was that was that fun to to get back with the old crew and, and film? Uh, the uh, it's funny you say that because um, uh, my kids are uh, 13. Uh, well, actually, going to be 14 and uh, 12. So I've introduced them to the classics of American uh, uh, cinema. So we've been watching the John Wick uh, movies. And uh, my kids so want me to go as John Wick for Halloween. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, all chat long, people have been saying stuff and like, well, Keanu Reeves' brother sure knows a lot about law, and uh, <laughs> we have to keep the show at 60, 65 miles per hour. It'll blow up. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I've been dying, you know, and Steph's been changing his picture, so. Uh, yeah. I get it now. And that popped up, and it went right over my head. Whew. Yeah. That's, cause, that's, so, because, that's because you get so excited about, about the law and trading cards. Yeah. I, I mean, you want to talk about, like, being nerds, right? We collect trading cards as grown men, pictures of other men on cardboard. And then you factor in the law. And like you said, I mean, you know, there's like eight people that might care about this. And, and yeah, yeah I mean, it's so, so yeah, all the Keanu Reeves are going <laughs> to. So yeah. we always ask everyone we have on the show, if you could only own one card that you currently own, what card would it be and why? So we're going to limit you. You only have one. The rest of them, uh, you know, are, are sold or done whatever with, but you can only have one of them. What's it going to be? And why is it the tops now, Josh John Harrison? <laughs> Greatest. See, look, look he pulls it off the shelf just like Steph. He has I it right there. I think it's a rough, uh, rough question, but um, I go with my uh, Trout Update uh, Gold Border. Nice. Um, and it's my uh, favorite card right now because it was my quarantine find. I, uh, you know, like everybody else, we spent a lot more time at home. And I uh, went through my uh, update box because uh, I had a box of 2011 update. And at the time, I wasn't focused on Mike Trout. I mean, I'm an NL guy. And uh, at that time, I'm probably focused on Bryce Harper or you know anybody else. So luckily, I put it in a sleeve and a top loader. Uh, but it was otherwise, it was just loose in my closet. <laughs> so, so, so are you going to sue yourself for being 
frivolous with that Mike Trout? It's a 1729, but yeah, no, I'm uh, again, you know, I've already said once I was the worst collector ever for trading my Jordans for Goodens, but the fact that I, you know, take a card that's this is easily the most expensive card that I have and just let it just sitting around loose in a box. I mean, it's it's still in fairly good condition, but I mean, god, I mean, I could just had I there was stuff sitting on top of this. I mean, I just had box after box piled on top of this because it was 2011. It's nine years worth of product on top of this. Yeah. So yeah, worst. Yeah, hashtag worst collector ever. <laughs> just search my name and that. There's a bunch of these. <laughs> well, you know, the, the best thing and, and and Ben brought it up is that now whenever you buy a card from Tops.com, there's a disclaimer, and uh, it says you know, it, you know, image or text may so be variable based on. You know, whatever, and and all that comes from a John or Josh Harrison card uh, from a Tops Now, right? Where they where they showed the card as as John Harrison, uh, and his name's Josh, and you know there, there was a spelling error, and later came out that you asked, you know, ended up with a card that actually says John Harrison. Isn't that correct? That, that that's correct. There was uh, the. I, I, at the time, I collected. Uh, I also collect funny error cards. And uh, Tops Now was relatively new at that time. And the image popped up as uh, John Harrison. And so I'm like, wow, that's the first Tops Now error card. I, 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 I want that. And, uh, you know, once it was pointed out that uh, it was John and not Josh, Tops changed the image. So uh, I brought a lawsuit over that. <laughs> and um, you know, love it. Yeah. Love it. It, 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 it's, I, you know, I bought. So I, it, it's, it's, it's. I bought a product. I even said on Twitter, I'm buying this product because it specifically says this. I don't want a fixed card. I want this one. Right. Uh, so you know, there was a lawsuit over it, and um, uh, there was. And you're right. Before the lawsuit, there was not a disclaimer on there that the art can be changed at any time. But uh, after the lawsuit, uh, there, uh, you know, there, there is now the disclaimer up there that. Uh, yeah, they can change the art at any time for any yeah. card, and, and they've done it with Project Twenty Twenty. I mean, you know, they took away the golden uh, the the golden arches M off the field card, and now it's a regular M. And so, uh, you know, there and, and the the first Rivera because the mitt was on the wrong hand, and yep. there was some guy that went on to YouTube and he's like, "I got scammed by Tops," and I'm watching this video and I'm just like, first off, dude, you have to understand that this is a program where it's a reimagination." It's an artist rendering. If if that artist wants to take that Mariano Rivera and put eight octopus arms on him, he can do that because yeah. that's what this program is. It's not going to be an identical thing. I mean, as we've seen with most of these, I mean, old man Allen, I mean, there's none of that that's even remotely, <laughs> remotely like the originals. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like, you know, at that point, of course, we didn't know what this, this project 2020 really was. It was still in its inception couple weeks in but um yeah yeah I remember on the site though when i see that i instantly think of you and i just yeah. smile going god that you know that's just i love it just just twist it a little bit and then you know they that, that you know makes me laugh every time i giggle like it's just like <laughs> so to that uh, could could someone if if they so chose uh and were inclined could they have gone after tops about the project 2020 holders? I mean, I know recently they updated them saying that it will come encased in some protection, -y whatever, but previously they had said that it was going to be in a mag touch special version, essentially saying ultra pro one, whatever size one eighty. Yeah. 
Um, could they go after them for the holder? That, Disclaimer. There wasn't. That there. Is, that, I, I, have, I have been, uh, uh, I, I've mentioned it quite a few times on uh, Twitter that uh, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but it, it says this year long program will be in one touch magnetic holders. I mean, it's mm -hmm. the, the language is on their website for, like, I think, through card 70 something. So it's on their webpage like 70 times. Sure. Um, so uh, I think that's a breach of contract. Uh, you bought a product. It says it's going to be in that. Um, now, you can't bring a lawsuit, though, against it, against Tops, because all web pages uh, have, um, well, if you're smart, all web pages have a uh, arbitration agreement that you're required to, to go into. So you can't bring a lawsuit over it. You have to go sure. arbitrate over it. Um, and uh, this arbitration agreement costs $200 uh, if you want to do it. Uh, so there's, you know, kind of a barrier to entry uh, if you want to do it. But yes, I think it's a breach of contract. Yeah, especially when you when you get it and the card slides around or the case is all broken. That's always fun. You know, sure. Uh, we, yeah, every I mean, week we have we have a more Project 2020 issue segment of the show. And in the last six weeks, we've only had one week where we didn't have somebody that came across our desk, our timeline. Um where there was an issue. And uh, so, but this week, you know, we're again, we're going to continue that streak this weekend having issues. So uh, Paul, we appreciate it. If you want to hang around, you can, I know, I know it's late where you are and you might be running out of hot chocolate and you actually have a real job. Unlike the, the three of us knuckleheads that uh, talk about sports cards and, you know, and I, I mean, guess we all are employed, but you know, who knows what we're really doing during the day. Uh, real quick though, Paul. We got to have you back on soon because we have to talk about the other elephant in the room, which is ACO cards. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I would be happy. A, I would be happy to talk about, about that. that. But, but yeah, I, I do need to go to bed. <laughs> Central time zone, and yeah, close, close to eleven o'clock, and seven o'clock in the morning comes real early. So. Mm -hmm. No, I know that. Thank one. you so much, Paul. Oh, Thank this you. is awesome. Thank you. you. Yeah. No, you thanks for having two, me. Two kids' dreams come true tonight. Yeah, we're in our forties, but we're still children. So I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. And then we talked about Onyx too. Onyx and Paul at the same time. It's the old cardboard connection. Yeah. All right, Paul. We'll see you soon, bud. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Awesome. I mean, we see our buddy Korean cardboard reaching out saying we have to have him on again, and that's that's for sure. I mean, he did that segment. I think was at least we like monthly, but if not every couple of weeks on cardboard connection radio. And that was, that was always one of my favorite spots because there was always something fun or stuff that you don't normally talk about or see, uh, that was covered and, uh, you know, made you think and, and go, God, yeah, they are really kind of, you know, just all up in there. Right. Uh, so I love it. Let's get into it. The week that was last week's releases tops living week one twenty five. We had card three thirty three. Yes. Monty Grandal. Uh, debuting as a Chicago White Sox, sold 1917. Um, that's a, a pretty interesting number, right? Because uh, wasn't the 1919 Black Sox? Well, we were all close. 1918. 1918 Black Sox, right? Uh, and then, then 20, and then thir uh, card 334, Kyle Lewis, the rookie outfielder of the Seattle Mariners, sold over 5,600 cards. He's having a great start to the season. Uh, so, as a, you know, we figured that's about what it was. You know, we're going to see the we're going to have the also ran guy that's going to be around 2000. And then we're going to have, if we have a star rookie or a hall of famer or an awesome vet, that's going to get, you know, over that. And, and Lewis did. And I think that we're going to, that's, that's a pretty solid number at 5,600 
in the current date of uh, of uh, Tops Living. So uh, I picked up a couple. Um, and make sure you check out Tops Living Stat for a full breakdown of where these cards fall, respectively, in the set by team and by position. We also had 2020 Tops Museum Collection Baseball, 20, 2020 Donruss Elite Football, and 1920 Panini's Chronicle Basketball, or as I like to call it, Panini Bankruptcy. Uh, because I was watching people open a $900 boxes and getting a, you know, somebody said, hey, man, I saw a break today. And this guy opened up the box and he got maybe $80, $80 to $90 worth of cards. Well, the MRS, uh, the, the manufacturer retail price was $120. So you're probably doing pretty good. But if you paid $900, well, you you got trucked, my <laughs> friends. Like JJ Watt coming across with no offensive line and just whap. Uh, Did you see. Um... Uh, speaking of actors, uh, what's his name's son that broke a few boxes of these? Oh, I think we're going to get into that, yeah. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, hot off the press is this week's new releases. Tops Living Week 126, card 335. Michael Brantley of the Houston Astros, outfielder. Uh, his dad, Mickey Brantley, was uh, a longtime uh, Seattle Mariner. Trash can over here. Uh, we also had card 336, Andres Munoz, rookie pitcher of the San Diego Padres, and I believe he is the first one with braces. So, look at that. Just mugshot braces and all looking good. Love the, new, like Padre. Love the new Padre uniforms. Keep it up, Padres and Brewers. I will say that over and over. Anytime you can tie in some of your vintage logos or colors, um, I love that. Like, the, the Orioles need to, you know, <laughs> Yeah, the Speaking Orioles need to tie that in, uh, I think, a little bit more. So, we also have uh, tops 2020 tops luminaries baseball uh, dropped today $300 a box, one pack per box, one card per pack. It's going to be an autograph, everything's an autograph, and all comes numbered 15 or less. Uh, basically, there's three banners or, or, or sections the cards can come in hit kings, home run kings, and masters of the mounds. Uh, booklet, uh, booklets offer a big jump in the number of autographs available on one card. Ultra booklets cards um, have 10 autographs, and those are all one of ones. They also have home run, key, home run King Ultimate booklet cards that have 50 autographs, and that's a one of one. And Hit King equivalent, 40 signatures, one of ones. There's the greatest book card that has 30 autographs. That's a one of one. Lots of one of ones. Uh, there's a letter booklet card 101 that combines an autograph with a letter from the back of a game-used jersey. They also have cut signatures. There's a basic cut, and they have the cut signatures with a relic or mem piece, and then cut signatures with a bat knob or the barrel, um, which, uh, yeah, part of the bat knob. So, like, I like, you know, the Hit Kings thing is pretty cool. as the number of hits and the autograph from the player. You, you know what these remind me of, minus the auto? Um sweet spot uh cuts where depending on the parallel you'd have that many different relic pieces so like number to 299 you'd get one relic piece 199 two relic pieces yeah but no i you know this is a one hitter quitter product at 300 it's uh sure it's one to watch mm -hmm. from the side my friends but i mean if everything's number to 15 the list of guys on there is good like david wright it might be the worst one you're gonna see uh well bernie williams yeah if those are the worst then i mean that's a damn impressive list because you andre dawson jim rice yeah but you I know mean, what jim rice, rice sells williams are gonna sell well 
I pulled a rice out of 25 out of Series 2, and it sold way quick. Uh, yeah, autograph. Andre so. Dawson sells well. You, you, you know, I mean, and, and Dawson's got a gorgeous signature. So I mean, those, yeah. those letter booklet cards are sweet. They are they are really really neat looking cards. So, uh, you know, that's one from the from the sidelines we'll enjoy. That's a nice Mariano, and still one of the best autographs, and one of the best nicest guys I've ever I've ever met in per athletes I've ever met in person. Uh, we also have 2020 Panini NFL sticker and album collection dropping today. Sixty dollars a box. Uh, it's two bucks for an album. You're going to get fifty packs. Each pack will have five stickers and one card. There's 250 stickers and 50 card inserts in that set. So, uh, you know, you know, Booby's going to go after these hard. Yeah, I like them. I mean, you know, we, we, as a kid, I remember collecting the stickers, and um, you know, I like to see that it's continuing. And uh, you know, yeah, it's and, and I mean, they're usually like what a dollar for five, ten stickers, something to that effect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a dollar. Yeah, it's like a. Yeah, because you're getting fifty pack. If you buy a box, there's sixty dollars, and you're getting fifty packs. Mm. So yeah, so roughly a dollar. Yeah, it's a fun rip, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, we also have 2019, 2020 Panini Illusions basketball. Now, this was like a secret release. It was talked about it. Um, I could not find the price on Blowout, David Adams, Steel City. I had to go to eBay to find box prices of it. Nine hundred dollars a box. Um, it's 14 packs per box, six cards per pack. You're going to get an autograph, five acetate, eight additional inserts, 14 parallels. It's a 200 card base set with 150 vets, 50 rookies. It's the first release as a basketball set debuted in football in 2017. Uh, some cool signatures I liked in them were the draft night signatures. They, have, they highlight 27 players and then superlative signatures and first impression Jersey autos were pretty cool. Um, where they have, uh, you know, right there, you see the jaw with a, with a Nike swoosh part and uh, his autograph. Those draft night ones are always cool because it has a little draft logo in the background. Uh, but yeah, this was like a little bit of a surprise release. Uh, I, it wasn't listed on Blowout's um, uh, list of new releases as of Tuesday when I was <laughs> going through and setting up the notes. I actually saw it on tw late on Twitter on Tuesday night and uh, did a little research this morning on it. So uh, I have a feeling, you know, it's going to be one of those harder to, to find boxes. I already saw singles and stuff going for crazy on eBay when I was searching box prices. So, you know, just another $900 box of basketball cards this year. What's new? It's 2020, right? And apparently there's retail. Yeah. yeah. Same bat time, same bat channel next week, right? Yeah. Good luck. Um, let's see. We also have 2020 Panini Gold Standard dropping today. $350 a box, one pack per box, seven cards per pack. $50 a card, right? Um, you're going to get five autographs and or mem cards, two base and or parallels. It's a 200-card base set with 100 rookies, 100 vets, all numbered out of 99. The rookie autographs are numbered to 199 or less. There's rookie jersey autographs uh, with single, double, or triple swatch combos. They also have the gold jacket signatures numbered out of 99 or less, which pictures a Hall of Famer from their playing days and with their induction into the NFL Hall of Fame. They also offer an autograph version of that. The Golden Shield signatures is a set of autographed men cards that use the shield from a football instead of a, you know, a jersey <laughs> or swatch. That's a nice and touch. They, yeah, and then they have the two other. There's a there's a double standard card which is numbered out of twenty five or less, and that's a player 
uh, a teammate and player coach combinations are included. So it's either two players that play together or, or play to the same franchise or a player and a coach. Uh, like right there, you have D Hop and uh, Andre Johnson with the Texans. So there's no retail, it's flip tail. Well, yeah, that's true. But, uh, you know, gold standard, I remember that's always being a. That for a while was a real high end release for Panini, uh, for Panini football. But now it's just a middle of the road. Uh, coming up Friday, top twenty twenty tops Chrome Baseball. Uh, this year they're going to give us both hobby and jumbo again. A hobby box is going to run at three hundred dollars a box. Twenty four packs, four cards per pack. You're going to get two autographs, two nineteen eighty five tops cards, uh, Chrome cards. Yeah, four freshman flash, two future stars. Four prism refractors and eight refractors. A jumbo box is going to run you four hundred and fifty dollars. Twelve packs per box, thirteen cards per pack. You're going to get all that other stuff uh, plus five autographs. It's a two hundred card base set. It's basically the twenty twenty flagship set um, of series one and two condensed down to cover primarily key players from those sets. That's chrome debt. So uh, there's seventeen color refractors altogether. There's also cards that uh, select cards that have image variations. And those also have refra uh, refractors. Those have uh, those image variations. We'll have five refract five refractor colors. Uh, according to Tops, uh, the base set super short prints are also part of the hunt, so that's fun. Another little element. Rookie autographs make up a bulk of your signatures. You have a dual autograph rookies out of twenty five that uh, that are going to feature ink from a pair of young standouts. The Tops all rookie uh, cup team autographs. Those are new this year. And there's a Chipper Jones example. Looks pretty good. Looks uh, like it's a uh, throwback to 2000 insert set. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Um, the retail hangers will have a special 2020 National Baseball Card Day preview. And then there's also retro rookie chrome relics that take rookie cards from the past and uh, chrome them and then drop in a relic of a player. So Chrome's always a really exciting product. Not my favorite to rip because... Yeah, it's a big hit and miss, especially right now. I couldn't believe four fifty for a jumbo box, but three hundred for a hobby box. Nah. In any any normal year, a hobby box is like maybe a hundred bucks, one twenty five, right? Even yeah, in the yeah. good rookie class year, it, it, it's bad value. I mean, you, you know, we've talked about this in the past, and hey, good luck. Yeah, yeah, hit that, Robert. Uh, so check out Ryan Cracknell's articles on Beckett.com slash news for more details on these releases. What's brewing next week's releases? Just two things on the docket for next week. 2020 Panini Elements Football. 2020 Bowman Sterling Baseball. Uh, we were supposed to have another basketball product out this week, but it got pushed back to September 14th, I believe. And I, the name escapes me, but um, I think it was Opulence. Panini Opulence Basketball. Uh, we'll hop an infield chat or a hobby talk section of the show. Remember the hobby hotline live this Saturday on YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. And then make sure Mondays you're checking out Monday Night Heat on the same channels at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. I was on this Monday night with Val, last this past Monday night with Val and Dan Anderson from Mojo Break, and we had uh, we had some fun discussions. Uh, a few things from that show I brought over to this because I wanted to get your guys' opinions. Um, but it was a it was a we had a our buddy Brad call in from the hot tub. That was interesting. And I think he might've dropped his phone. 
because all of a sudden he just disappeared. So I don't know if he <laughs> lost his phone or not. But uh, oh, he's a you know, Rangers fan. I mean, go figure. Yeah. So he was wearing his Ranger uh, T-shirt in the in the hot tub too. I'm just glad we didn't get uh, Texas Titty on the on the camera. So Saturday, it looks like it's me, Drew, and Val Mars. Live. Nice. Your pal Val always suited up. By the way, makes me feel real uncomfortable because I always look like <laughs> everyday collector, and Val's always got his sport coat on, looking all professional. And you know, love Val. Uh, the card show. If you guys have not been checking this out, this is by Upper Deck. But our buddy Nick Wasica uh, has a series going on on Upper Deck's YouTube page. Uh, you can watch as Upper Deck tasks sports photographer Nick Wasica to show us what it takes to bring Upper Deck Young Gun trading cards to life. Uh, join us on the magical ride. There are three episodes posted so far, and one of them was he actually took the picture of Jack Hughes's Young Gun card. So there's an 18-minute video on this one. It's called Devil of a Time, and he talks about how um, you know, he and his son were opening a case with some friends at a local card shop of uh, a series, I think it's Series 1, that where he was, uh, that Jack Hughes was in. And um, you know, he, he shows how the, the card was, the picture was taken and how it became a card. So it's really cool if you're into hockey. I'm not a huge hockey collector, but I do love the Young Guns, and uh, Nick is a a great friend of the show and super nice guy. And it was just interesting to see how quick he had to get the photos taken and into upper deck to get that turned around. So uh, you guys like right there. Yeah. I own a couple of those and, uh, you know, pretty excited about owning some young guns. I know that all about hockey. I am. I, I and uh, I, I hope those uh, Petersons that uh, you pulled at the National are doing well for you. Uh, I hope his team gets eliminated here shortly, but uh, that's uh, another story. Um, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So today, that every year that this comes out, we talked about how this design hadn't been released yet, and it came out today. It's mm -hmm. the tops, the 2021 tops design. No matter what happens or what we think of the design, every year when Topps releases it, everybody loses their shit, good or bad. And every year when it first comes out, it's like, bah, 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 I hate it. Bah, bah. And then once Series 1 releases, everybody is so excited to bust packs of it, they, can, they don't care. They're in it. They're opening, just ripping and flipping packs and whatever they're doing. Rubbing it on themselves, I don't know, like... You know, because it 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 comes out in February. Baseball's back. Like this is gonna be awesome. And yeah, I think that might just be you. Okay, no, it's not. I saw <laughs> I saw a Facebook comment today because Facebook collector he already he always knows everything, right? And somebody yep. had said something about Project Twenty Twenty this, and he's like, "Well, at least Project Twenty Twenty is not Series Series One Twenty Twenty One." And it's just like, <laughs> the people people on there are just. So yeah, I'm excited. We have borders that are back. And the reason mm -hmm. borders coming back are wonderful is for parallels. So you actually can tell what color the parallel is and it can mm -hmm. stand out. Paul showed you the, the 2011 Tops Gold card of Trout. It stands out. It looks awesome. Um, it has the 70th anniversary stamp in there uh, for the 70th anniversary of Tops. And I get why they do doing that. Every, every, 10 years that they, they put the stamp on there on the card, which I think they've done it since 1991. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I'm not a huge fan of how small the nameplate is for the player. Uh, I wish that was a little bigger. And I'm not a big fan of all of the the rectangles. I don't know what, what design element they call those slashes through the through the card. I do like the honeycomb on the side. Uh, and maybe if the whole border was honeycomb, that would have been kind of cool. It's going to look awesome as a chrome card. But a lot of people said this is a Bowman design that looks like it hooked up with Donruss uh, base. I, I kind of see how that is. I kind of agree, but it's very interesting. I mean, I, I do like the framing around the outside edges here um, that kind of frame the picture itself. But there's just a lot going on uh, design yeah. element wise. I mean, you got the height chart essentially going on here. The honeycomb is nice. I'll give it that. Um, the like eighties retro feel bars going along the side. Um, Common complaint I saw was that the nameplate's a little too tiny, which yeah. you just alluded to. Um, but again, we'll have to see it in hand. Well, and everybody is losing their mind that Joe Adele's shown as a rookie in 2021. Guys, with, I'm with Trout uh, behind him looking on. I'm telling you, update is not going to be chock full of rookies. If we get an update. Yeah. I mean, it, it. It. I know the pre-orders are there. I. I. Because I have put a pre-order in, but that's just a holder, right? So we we don't know what that's going to look like. And like I. I said because we know the cutoff date is usually last year in June sixth. Um, uh, Alvarez made his debut, and that was too late to make updates. So as far as update, Tops Chrome does have an update preview insert set. So for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I just, I, we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't know. What, what do you, Ben? What are your thoughts on the design? You just want the ace cards, right? They'll care about the design. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 you know what? It's not a great design. It's not a bad design. It's just an okay design, right? Um, sure. But you know what it is? It, it is unique. It, at least if you're holding. I mean, when I got back into the hobby in 2010, when when 12, 11 or 12, 13, 14 came out. It was just like, it looked like the same card. We've seen that in recent years with Bowman. It's just not different enough to where you could, again, grab a, a stack of cards from the 1960s and you could literally sort them from the front or the back without having to look at the year. You know, the mid-teens had three or four years in a row where they were just extremely similar. You had the, like an 07, 08, and 09 also, and and at least this is different. When you look yeah. at this 10 years from now, you'll know it's a 2021. Yeah, we're going to get into it, Steph. Uh, you know, I, I put out a, we put out a thing from our Twitter handle day. What's your favorite design of 2010s? Um, you know, so 2010 through 2019. And there was like over 150 comments on this. And a lot, I mean, a lot of people got involved. You know, I said that mine was 2012. And, and one reason is that's the year I got back into collecting. But I, you know, you see from 2010 to 2014, we had white borders. 15, we had the color, semi-colored borders, and then they all went away. Um, and, you know, I could have gone with 10, 11, 12, uh, you know, all kind of blended together as, as my top favorite. I just picked 12 because I came back that year. Um, Steph, what was your favorite year during last de the last decade? So... I, I kind of agree with you um, The the mid-year, early to mid-year here do kind of blend in. I mean, you got the Android phone unlock design elements. You got the, uh, essentially the same thing in 12. 13 uh, is nice, uh, kind of got an early upper deck feel. 
14's got the swoop that comes back in 2018. You got the cross here. You got the uh, flag emblem there. Um, I, I had two favorite designs. Um, cutting it down just because 2019 has the last name first. Um, my favorite's 2013. Uh, I, I love the field and just the subtle lines behind the team logo, and that's it. Yeah. Little color running up along the photo, but not, nothing special. And it has a little baseball diamond on it. You know, mm -hmm. like that's neat. Ben, ben, what was yours? Yeah, I, I think they're all just generic. I, I don't think any of them are daring or, or, you know, like 1975 tops. You could look at that and go, my God, that's hideous with the, the two tone colors that have no rhyme or reason. You know, if it was like a, you know, main color up top and a, and a bottom is, is your secondary color. Cool. But tops had purples and browns and yellows, and it was just green and purple for also, the Royals. It's, it's great love it or hate it. Two thousand eight tops. You know, I, I, I mean, to me, none of these were great. I, I, I chose for the this exercise twenty nineteen because it was kind of a hockey stick throwback to to nineteen eighty two. Um, yeah. But overall, I mean, eighteen wasn't bad. I mean, I don't know if any of them were like grotesque, like nineteen seventy nine tops, where it's just like blah, but. To me, it's just like you guys didn't go out of your comfort zone at all. Uh, I remember asking the uh, former owner of one of our, our LCSs here in town around like 2013. I'm just like, what's going on with this compared to the 50s, 60s, and 70s? And and, and he, it's like, that's what the collector wants now. And, and I'm like, I don't think that's right. I, I think that the collector wants something unique that we can decipher the difference between this and that. Otherwise, we're just... You know, like 1990 I mean, I, tops says 1990 on it. If you lived in 1990 and remember it, that's what in, in 1975 tops says in 1972 tops. Both of those say, "I'm from the 70s. Look at me." And mm -hmm. 91 Fleer is hideous, but you know what? When you see one, you say 91 Fleer. That yeah. that's I guess where I, I'm looking at these and go, none of these scream. Oh, yeah. that's I a mean, 2016 tops card. I mean, 15 is good. 16 is okay. 17 is okay. But nothing makes me. If you're yeah, not I, a collector of a specific player, would you go out and buy this based on the design and the design alone? And I don't think there's anybody out there that would say, "Oh yeah, look at 53 tops." Absolutely, you're going to say that. Not about any of these. These are all 19. You know, 19 is decent because I like the harken back, and I, I kind of got over the 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 first and last name thing. Yeah. Um. Because the photos in 19 were pretty good as well. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm not a big fan of the 2020 design. I, I, I think... I'm going to take it or leave it on that. Yeah. Especially with, like, Top Spunt and some of their online programs. They reach a little bit too much in the design elements just to show off either that or other products. I mean, uh, 2018 and 19, for that matter... Decent designs, but they look much better in Topps Chrome. You know you know what these designs are? This is the guy that gets up tomorrow and eats his Cheerios because he's eating his Cheerios every day for 30 years. And I'm going to have my turkey and cheese sandwich. You know, I'm going to go to the same restaurant, drive the same way home. Uh, you know, I'm going to the same. Jim Halpert, right? You know, the one day he eats the tuna sandwich. Eat the tuna sandwich, Topps. Yeah. Go out of your comfort zone once in a while and give us something different. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, 2021, okay, whatever. Yeah, it looks like Donruss. It looks like Bowman. You know what it looks like? It looks like crap compared to some of the stuff we've had. At least like the early uh, the, the early aughts, right? 02, 03, at least they were different. 
ugly was ugly. Sin, but, but yeah. you know what? You could still identify it. The green, cool. At least it was that turd colored 07. But then what? they went I, back to the comfort zone in 03, 04, 05, and 06, where it's just plain white border, some silver foil, and that's the design. But see, here's the thing. Tim, Tim said it. The, the bottom line is, no matter what they do, whether they go out and just give us, you know, 1970s Chicago White Sox shorts and collared jerseys, which we were joking about in the chat room, they could give us the most hideous design ever. And guess what? That stuff will sell because we buy it no matter what. So go out of your comfort zone and give us something that we can actually look about, look go, at, and get excited about. See what shake things up, be different. Um, speaking of which, the Angels have a new right fielder. Uh, Joe Adele made his major league debut last night uh, against the Seattle Mariners, and mm -hmm. uh, he was at the beginning of the season. ESPN ranked him as the top, the tenth best prospect in baseball. Uh, he went, he was batting seventh and went one for four tonight. He is batting seventh again and he's one for three, so not too bad. He looks like, like I said earlier, he's gonna have his rookies in twenty twenty one products. Uh, is there a prospect you're excited to to see debut? So ho hopefully Joe Adele has a better career than Nick Madrigal, who came up, I think, last year, year before last, and uh, apparently he's dislocated his shoulder this morning. Or, oh, really? Uh, he's not yet. I don't think he made his debut yet, though. He might have been in their okay. camp thing. Well, yeah. But is he excited about any, any A's prospect that you know of, Ben, or any in general that you're excited to, to come up and see? You know, the, a the A's promoted quite a few guys this year. Obviously, Luzardo and Puck. Puck's been injured, but Murphy. The, a the A's have had a strong prospect class, probably the strongest since 2012 when, when we had Cespedes and Jared Parker and stuff. You know, guys come and go. You know, ch check back in two years later, and, and, and I'll get excited about some of these guys because you just never know who's going to get injured and who's going to flame out after a little while or, you know, as an A's fan. Who's going to end up getting traded to the, the damn Mets overnight for no damn reason? Yeah. I'm excited about uh, from the start against the Royals. You can be excited about Starling until 2027. So Madrigal did play this week. He's a Sacramento kid, so hopefully he'll yeah, two, three, four games and dislocates his shoulder. Yeah, I, I, feel I, you. I I've seen people all over the place on Joe Adele. Some people say he's highly overrated. Other people like, oh, he's going to be so great with Rendon and Trout. And I'm excited to watch him. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, Kyle Lewis and the Mariners is another one that, as an A's fan, I get to enjoy from afar. So I mean, the reason I'm excited about Adele is because they're actually platooning Brian Goodwin, a veteran they've had that's done pretty well for them, and Justin Upton in left field now. And Upton's making money. Yeah. So the fact that they're uh, they're they're platooning both veterans in left to yeah. give this guy right tells you what the fran what the, the franchise believes in him and that they've started yeah. his clock in the shortened year. Um, I, I like it. I mean, I think more teams should have done that this year, and I understand why they didn't because they're cheap bastards. We all know sure. that these owners are a bunch of scumbags. Uh, no matter who owns your team. Uh, because they, you know, they're not going to bring up a young guy and 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 do what's right for the franchise. They're going to do what's right for their pocketbook when they own these billion dollar franchises. Like I think Joey Bart should have been catching for the Giants and not that hire me. I know they're going to be terrible this year, but he gets major league at bats. He gets experience. He gets up here. He's playing. So I, you know, he was it's frustrating. 
to to um, preempt my answer, I guess Kraken Wax kind of gave half of mine in Alex Kirilov. Uh, college bat, I believe, uh, got drafted mid-rounds. Um, home run here. Can't wait to see him in the outfield. But also uh, Trevor Larnich. I think he came through um, Oregon State, maybe? Washington State, somewhere in there. Uh, Portland. Um, uh, home run hitter again, uh, outfielder. I, I mean, not that I want to lose Eddie Rosario or uh, Max Kepler, but uh, but I, I'm kind of thrilled to see them come up eventually. Where's Nick Gordon? Is he taking the Bubba um, Starling route? He is. He is. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. At one time, Royce Lewis was the number one prospect in baseball. And uh... yeah. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, kind of like uh, your buddy out there, Buxton, or is that Doug? Buxton. I love how Doug calls him Suxton. Yeah, Buxton, Buxton, yeah. Suxton. Uh, who's your favorite rookie so far in 2020 baseball? Uh, I mean, outside of Robert. Yeah, I mean, you got throw Which him. Everyone out. and their mother is chasing. Yeah, sure. throw him out. He's uh, you know. No, by far and away for me, it's Lazardo. I mean, he made his his major league his first start. He had made six appearances last year. The kid is just dynamic. And, and to think back that where we we got him from the Nationals, along with Trinan, who had a you know historic year in 2018. Sheldon Noisy, we got him for Ryan Madsen and Sean Doolittle. I mean, Lazardo is is. I mean, watching him last night, his stuff is disgusting. How you could even hack at that stuff it just it bottoms out it's as soon as that kid gets some confidence more than he has to just challenge here here it is hit it don't hit it it's coming uh you started to see that as he was working through his progression of the second inning third inning um if he can stay healthy he's going to be so fun to watch regardless of whether or not you're an ace fan he's just would you see uh, dustin made his nasty stuff the other night too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh some of these young pitchers are just um, I was reading an article on The Athletic about Brandon Webb, the old uh, Diamondbacks pitcher, and what could have been a potential Hall of Fame career. And uh, they had some stuff on his sinker that just it just kind of stopped halfway there and dropped to your knees. And if you made contact, it was a ground ball. That's the best you could do with it. He hated and, when uh, he pitched against the Giants. Yeah. It, it, again, he's, he's one of those ones where – you know, you start to see some of these youngsters, and if they can stay healthy, you know, AJ Puck's had a lot of shoulder strain here and stuff like that. It's too bad. You you hope that these guys can work through it, but um, yeah, Dustin May's another one that could be the real deal for the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm, we I'm, don't have because I pulled up MLB.com. Uh, we don't have many uh, hitters to speak of for rookies, but uh, Randy Dobnak, the uh, catfish hunter throwback with the uh, sideburns going on, growing on. And the uh, half mustache, Fu Manchu going. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Um, it, it, it came up last year, pitched a few games, but uh, he's he's held himself down for an Uber driver. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't pick a Royal. I went with Kyle Lewis because at the end of last year when he came up, he was doing so well, and everybody forgot about him because Jordan, right? And in mm-hmm. Series One, everybody forgot about Kyle Lewis, and it was all about Jordan. And I, I. I remember what he did, and everybody's really pumped for him. And that, that, that Seattle team's in a, in a rebuild, 
and they're starting to put some pieces together up there. And I think that I, the AL West is going to be super competitive in the next couple of years. If the A's and Mariners can stay healthy with these young kids they have coming up, uh, and the Angels can put some stuff around with Trout and Mendon, and that can work out, you know, um, it's, it could be exciting baseball as the Astros get old and expensive and, and don't have their trash cans anymore. Um, so that I'm, that's who I'm super excited about uh, as well to, to see play. Um, I think he just – the kid, I think, he has a ton of potential. Uh, and I love seeing young kids come up and succeed. And it just, it just makes baseball more fun when you can see the future of baseball. That's why I love the All-Star game when you see a bunch of first-time All-Stars. And you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to watch these guys with their sixth or seventh All Star game, and they're the big names. You know, it's just that excitement that, that gets behind a team and a player. Well, uh, it, it, right, right now seems like like 1985 all over again, right? Where you have some young stars that are three, four years in, kind of like Ripken, and you had Boggs and in Sandberg, and then you had some of these youngsters like Gooden and and Staberhagen and. You know, some of these guys fizzled out. You know, you had McGuire, Mark, and Bonds, and, and all these guys that came, came behind. So by 86, 87, it just feels like we're right there. There's a lot of talent in that 21 to 27-year-old age range. And you know, um, it's funny. Yeah, you know. It, the card boom started about then, too. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it, 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 it just seems like 2020 is, is 1987 all over again. Yeah, but way worse. <laughs> way way more expensive because now we have to finance this ourselves it's not our parents flip, flip not nickel and diamond packs uh national baseball card day speaking of free uh is this saturday participating stores are going to give away a special pack upon entry and you'll receive two additional cards with a ten dollar purchase of more so this week it's pete alonzo next week it's jordan alvarez there's a big giant list of participating stores and um it's on the top's website, and Steph is probably going to share it here in chat. Uh, Target's also doing it, so if you don't have a local card show, you go and receive a special pack uh, inside 2020 Chrome hanger boxes, um, and a special offer. For, uh, there's a special offer for Tops Fire. So Tops Fire will be back this year, Ben, in retail. It'll just appear. Uh, just good luck finding Chrome hangers. <laughs> uh, and then Walmart is also going to have a special special pack inside of Chrome hangers uh, and they're going to have tops gallery. So again, <laughs> two trash products that Ben loves fire and gallery will be back in retail this year. I still believe you can get 2019 gallery at pretty much any Walmart you walk into. Probably. It's the one, one I, baseball I, product that's left. Yeah, Gallery to me is great, but yeah, they, so some of the cards are kind of weak, but fire fire's fantastic. And I think fire should be a hobby product. Should replace archives. Archives should go retail only with a reimagination. And we've talked about that in the past. My problem with Tops Fire is, you know, hey, 2020 Mark McGuire search, and then there's like a new card to look for. And it's like, when the hell did Fire come out? Yeah. That's the crap. Hey, are, you guys, like, are you guys going to participate on Saturday? So uh, <laughs> I was curious. Uh, it, I pulled up my list here to see which shops in the area were uh, going to participate. And I see. Triple cards and collectibles. Triple cards. Triple cards and collectibles. Yeah. I, well, it might be how many packs it might be how many packs or, or, or they that they purchased. Um, and I would assume that's the case, but because you, you, you can buy in, I think, up to three times. I know from the distributor I work with, if you got a brick and mortar, uh, you could buy mm. into this um, into this promotion. Okay. And you could yeah, you could buy I think up to three. 
So, so maybe that's the case. But you, th you think Tops would be able to do some uh, okay. shrinking of the PDF? Yeah, come on now. It's Tops, dude. Really? At least they have a PDF because Panini would never send it out. They would just be like, oh, "It'll be out next week or something." We don't have we don't have we don't have Excel over here. But Panini, uh, give them credit; they've done better recently. Panini offers their their PDFs as redemptions. You get yeah. it when you get it. But you have to pay five dollars. You have Panini points to get it. Yeah, seven ninety nine uh, shipping. By the way, uh, by the way, this was gorgeous. This rainbow was put together by by Phil Hughes. He has, of course, he has the money to do it, but it's a twenty nineteen. Tops Chrome Sapphire Fernando Tatis Auto Rainbow, and you know I'm normally we that. talk rainbow, we talk you know everything but the one of ones. No, no, no. He has the base, he has the green, he has the orange, he has the purple, he has the red, and he has the super, and they're all PSA tens of probably one of the most young dynamic players in the game. Like that's that's a that's pretty. And then, you know what? And also, too, that's as big as a rainbow should need to be. Yeah. Five you to know? ten cards. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, even if a rainbow was, say, nine, so you could put it all on one page, like, that would be perfect rainbow. If there was a blue in there or yellow or whatever, you could have some fun with it. But that's where it needs no. to be. You got to tops high tech it and have ninety eight different parallels. Oh, please, that hurts but, my brain. <laughs> there should always be a parallel. It, it, since in this day and age of, of forty seven parallels on every card of every release, there should always be a team color parallel that mm -hmm. is unique to the team. That way, you know, for us, and it should always be something that's not low numbered, where it's out of five. Your team colors, you know, at a four ninety nine or something. You know, if you want to serial number it, but. That way, for those team collectors, player collectors, you have a chase card. Or those don't exist anymore. That are, you know, your favorite yeah. team colors. I mean, I don't care what they are. I mean, we all love our teams, and we, we like to, to fly our colors respectively. I just think, come on, man. If you're going to make this many parallels, why can't you have a team color-based parallel in everything yeah. that is attainable? You want everybody to get a trophy, too? Everybody gets a World Series ring? Yes. Uh, wall breakers. So our buddy Doug uh, Doug Kasky at Fresh Cardboard tweeted this out. Just when you thought the hobby bubble we were in couldn't get any bigger, one of the biggest movie stars in the world is doing breaks with his kids. Just happened to be Mark Wahlberg and his sons collecting, and they're busting a case of Chronicles basketball, which it looks like Panini hooked them up with. My favorite comment is in there, Cron Butler. I just signed some authentic ones a month ago. So Crom Butler is going to have some autographs coming out. And then Stock Star Investors hits in. They tell your boys to send those bad boys to stockstar.com uh, and use that marketplace. But uh, so Mark Wahlberg only has like 15 million followers on uh, Instagram. And for them to drop, a, you know, a case over to him, which, you know, at their cost was probably a few hundred bucks. That's a bunch of free advertising from one of the biggest movie stars uh, in the world. So. Yeah. Well, at least he uh, resolved his early life crisis and uh, seems to be promoting the hobby. Yeah. So, Pulp's pants, you know. Work, 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 bunch. Who, who do you, what Wahlberg do you take? Who's your favorite Wahlberg, Donnie or Mark? You can include music and movies. I like the other one, the chef one. The oh, the, the ugly little toad-looking one? Yeah. 
<laughs> like these big, he's got these like handsome, famous brothers, and he's this short little fat guy, and he's just like, dude, I can make a hamburger. <laughs> and his brothers are uber famous, and it's just yeah. like, you, you're, you're Tito, man. <laughs> you're the Tito of the Walbergs. Yeah. I like Donnie because I, I like I like some blue bloods on a Friday night. You know, that's me. I'm an I'm an old man now, middle aged man. There's nothing better than sorting sorting base cards and watching watching blue bloods at <laughs> at ten o'clock on a Friday night. Like that's my jam, dude. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so anyway, there's gonna be Houdini hunt this year. Cheap front breaks on Twitter uh, or Houdini from Blue Hot Cards. Uh, 2020. Transcendent Collection, one-of-one, one, oversized cut signature cards. There's a hunt for a Harry Houdini this year. It's going to be awesome. He's offering a $5,000 bonus if he pulls the card, or $8,000 if you let him keep it. So, he is wanting the Harry Houdini one-of-one one cut autograph. I think that's super fun. If you've ever... He doesn't take himself too seriously. That's what I like about Houdini. He has fun with his breaks, and he, he he opens a lot of stuff, and you get to view a lot of things. And I don't watch all of his stuff all the time, but every once in a while I do, and it's it's entertaining. And I just think that's hilarious. I hate you know what this. I, I want this. I, I stole you know I borrowed the name and the, the handle, and you know rock and roll. So that'd be fun to see if someone does pull that and what happens. Um, Uncle Uncle Rich sent us a funny thing. Any it's like any spark can get a card now. Just as in the early 90s, there was a card set for everything. I was kidding when I asked about cards for this sport. Well, Tops has a license. 2020 Tops On Demand Series number 14, American Cornhole League Pro Invitational Pack. So um, for, I think, like 15 bucks, you can get a pack of cornhole cards. 20. 20 bucks. Thanks, Uncle Rich. Can't wait to get my bunch seals rookie card. Graham Maudlin, Birchfield King, Morton Powers, Ruben Price, Malone McClem, Gary McGuffin, Vaunch Seals. Those are all you know, made up names. <laughs> Those are all exactly made up names. It, it sounds like you sent a. Uh, a oh, hey, I need to write a book. One. Send it off to somewhere in uh, Korea like, or somewhere. Country. You remember playing Nintendo baseball back in the late 80s yeah, and they didn't it's... have a license and they just made up random names? Yeah. You know what I mean? John Dowd. Hey, um, real quick, Ben, who was the, the, the Lloyd on uh, The Office, the fake salesman, Lloyd? Uh, um, the of Jim course, you're going late at night. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of his last name. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Like, just make yeah. up a name. Just make it up. Uh, you know, dwigged. Yeah. Swippity, swappity, swippity, Swirp. swappity, swap. Uh, our buddy uh, at Wax Museum PC tweeted out, heads up, original Mitchell, uh, number six out of 90, 99 RPA patch was swapped out, uh, swapped back, or swapped out, swapped again, and swapped back to the original, except for now it's upside down. So um, it shows the original card with a piece of yellow numbering and purple jersey, and then in May of 19, all of a sudden had a part of the Jazz logo. And uh, now in August of 2020, it has the original patch, but it looks flip-flopped. Um, he said he's going to address some of the issues, but uh, patch swapping has happened for nearly 20 years. No, PAWCC did not do this. And uh, nicer patches bring heftier premiums. So it's one of those things like this is why I 
like patch cards and autograph cards, like I'm not a huge fan of, especially of high end stuff and high end players, unless it gets pulled in a break and shipped to you or there's some kind of providence with the card because there's nothing to stop this from happening. It's been happening forever and um, it sucks, but it's one of those things like, you know, just be aware of, uh, you know, what you're buying. This uh, this is one of the things that uh, the the blow up forms likes to harp on, and we, we see it a little bit at work where every other instance of this base relic card, and, and there's parallels, but just the base relic card are all purple Vikings, for example, all purple, 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 purple Vikings logo, purple, 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 purple. No, bro, <laughs> that's marked as counterfeit. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so more we talked about this earlier. More Project Twenty Twenty issues at Aussie Card Guy. Uh, check out how this card was delivered to me all the way in Australia. Sticker looks intact. Doesn't look like any damage to the card. Thankfully, we uh, pull up the photograph. You're going to see uh, the case uh, looks like it was put on backwards. Boop, boop. I just can't believe that we we continue every week to have these issues. It's one of the Sandy Kofax cards, but it looks like the, the uh, one touch was put on backwards and they just put the sticker to hold it together. <sighs> the one touch only fits one way. They, right. The pieces lock in, the magnet sticks, and there's this giant gap. Well, uh, is it our, stuck in on this peg and just not this peg, or is it backwards? I, I can't really tell because you can't see the other one, but it's, somehow it's messed. Like It's just not put in there correctly. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Uh, cardboard. Cardboard icons, our buddy uh, Ben said on a queue at Tops Mail Day. Interesting that some of the cards came in bags, which definitely helps with scratches. Others didn't. Also, the Mariano case is warped. It's convex to the rear. So he has one that's flat, and then the other one swoops up. All kinds of craziness. And what he's talking about, that I got some Project 2020 in this week. Um, what's funny is that I got cards... Um, 97 and 98 before I got cards 93 and 94. So he's talking about it comes in these uh, plastic Ziploc bags now uh, inside your case. Uh, and then did the um, top small pictures. Yes. And then Florida, Card Florida, incredible 8317, right to left centering on this bad boy just showed up in the mailbox today. It's the same one as my, it's the McGuire Andrew Thiel, uh, and mine came the same way. Uh, Paul Lesko showed his, and his is not quite 50-50, but it's like six, It's like 55-45, 60-40, and it looked way better than how uh, Florida card guy and my, my card look. I'm really disappointed because I was very excited about this card and because of the card itself, like the design itself. I bought it, and it's off-center. So, yeah, I mean, My mouse fits on this side completely, and uh, I can fit double on that side almost. Yeah, I, I, I was on the I, I got three cards this week from 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 our buddy uh, Twins Jake. And when people were complaining about the, the different cases, I was like, come on, man, that's just petty. But I, I got two cases oh. that were identical and a third one that was different. I was like, you know what? This just literally encourages me to crack them all. Yeah. It don't, I, it's I, so I, I got my intent to sell them. So what the what the hell? And, and I'm definitely not going to display them when one card is, you know, Half an inch shorter than the other ones. Well, I got the I got the Blake Jamison Trout number one hundred today as well. So what's funny is I got cards ninety seven, ninety eight, and hundred before I got ninety three and ninety four, whatever. But the the case on that hundred Mike Trout 
it's fucking humongous. It's so much bigger than all of the other ones. And I'm like, what in the holy like it's like like, it looks like, 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 the like in the office when Dwight gets the security clearance yeah. and it's, you know, eight by ten. What is going on? And, and the card rattles around inside of it. So it looks like it's, you know, a 160 point or 130 point card. And so, yeah, I feel the same way about just, you know, do I take these stupid stickers off? And, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. So if you're not going to say if you're not going to sell them, there's no reason not to crack them and display them somehow differently, whether it's a customized case. Because if, if you try to leave them in the, the cases and you create a custom case, they're not all going to fit because they're going to be different sizes and they're going to look stupid because one of the one of the cases I had didn't even have anything on the bottom. It's just, come on. Mike yeah, says cases are, are frames. Yeah, and I get I like that. I mean, that's a good thought. And, uh, you know, Herman said here, right here, some have frosted edges that are ugly as hell. And, dude, you're up. You know what time it is back then? Here? It's like 1 a.m. I mean, running late tonight. Uh, you're, you're literally keeping these in case because of the sticker over the top, right? Yep. I mean, that's it. Wait for wait for COVID to end. Grab, you know, let's say you have a player collection or an artist collection. You got 20 cards. Grab 20 identical cases. Crack them. Put them in identical cases. Take the hair out or take the inserts. Out, you know, turn the card upside down the right way. Whatever it is, yeah. man. And then and then put it back up on your shelf. And hell, come on, man. It's only 400 bucks. Uh, real quick, speaking of money, Fleer Basketball case update. It ends tomorrow. Uh, it was still at $1.28 Is it still there, Steph? Yep. I'm excited to see where this ends tomorrow. Yeah, $1.28 with 11 bids. We'll see. There's 21 hours left. Let's get our money together, guys. Let's finally put our bid together. If I if I got that, I would open the shit out of that. I'm telling you right now, if I had a million two to spend on baseball or basketball cards, I'm opening that fucker with everybody I know. We're gonna have a, we're gonna we're gonna sit down. We're gonna get together. I'm flying Steph in. I might invite Ben over, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna open that on camera together and have some uh, some diet cokes and some crowns or whatever else it might be your fancy, uh, and have have some time. So my crown isn't in this room, actually. I want to talk about box prices, but I think we can get that to next time. Um, sure. And what creates a, a great baseball card release? I want to talk about that. I want to spend some time on that. We're almost at two hours tonight, guys. There's also a question of Super Collector, what makes it being asked? Our buddy Ken Kinsley. We've been putting that off. That's such a good question. It's an evergreen question. And so we're going to talk about that hopefully in the future. It's just Paul was on tonight. It was outstanding. And I don't want to, to skip over these great these three great topics, yeah. I think, and, and just to, to put them in tonight's show. But there's one I want to talk about before we leave tonight. Uh, and Steph, Steph sent this, and I don't think he meant this to be a topic. I think it had to do with, you know, like your favorite, you know, make a product. But what, let's make inserts great again. Let's make inserts great again. Um, and Panini, like I've said before, as much trash as I've talked about Panini, and I talk about all the card companies because I think they all could do better jobs, but I think we all could better in our, in our real life jobs and, and all do, you know, better professionally. But in this case, this year, Panini has been crushing inserts. If you look here, Rock Out with Hawks um, has the downtown uh, Don Donner's Optic Russell Wilson. He also has a Prestige Heroes Russell Wilson, a Kaboom Russell Wilson. How awesome do those inserts look? Yeah. 
they're gorgeous. Panini's been doing a really good job the last couple of years. And I mean, yeah, on, even on a I mean, lot of their just, products. Yeah, and th this year, if you click, uh, Steph, the 1920 Donruss Marvels. This is brand new this year. The set is amazing. It's so mm -hmm. cool. Uh, Diamond Kings with their blank slate, and I believe it's an, it, they also have it in basketball. I have one of these. Uh, it's not Babe Ruth, but uh, it looks amazing. Yeah, I love it. And then also in downtown in Diamond Kings, you have the downtown ones, and here's my try. I think you have a Yordan. It's a foil board card. I mean, they just yeah, I, it's, yeah, they're I awesome. Uh, here's lot, the first. A lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah, the Praetorial art from Diamond Kings, the modern art, the sharp, right. those are super, yeah, the super short prints. Um, here's here's stained glass from Mosaic. I mean, it harkens back to mid '90s inserts when inserts mm -hmm. meant something. You know, it's like, why can't Tops do this? No, we because get the, we need a retread of 1987 Tops border designs in another insert parallel line. We get this shit. I'm sorry, this 150th greatest players bull crap that was in 2019 tops was just. It, it, it makes a great chronology of years, especially for the 150 run. But is it really Dude, necessary? There's like 150 in every set, and then the, these stupid ass cards. Yep. Yeah. Cards your mom threw out. Iconic cards. And how many times have they done it? And the worst thing that they do. Those tops now inserts. It looks like when I was a kid, I had a Walter Payton um, postcard that I loved. He was sitting mm -hmm. on this Lamborghini, and I took a photo of it of the postcard because I wanted more copies of the postcard. But I took it from like like four feet off the ground. So the postcard—that's <laughs> what these tops now. It's a picture of a tops now. It's a card of a picture of a tops now card. Now, How at least those, at, at least in years past, those were an extra card in the pack. So it, it's not like it actually counted towards one. But why? Why? It's it's stupid. It's stupid. I just don't understand. Guys, if you could put an insert in a product, what would it look like? Ben would kind of hearken to his. His would be a team colored parallel. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the the problem is we, we see this in Hollywood, right, with all these Marvel movies and the next big, uh, two, you know, $200 million movie that's two and a half hours and let's see how many celebrities we can get to sign on and we're going to have, you know, a cast list of 25 names deep of, you know, it's just, you saw those with like those Valentine's Day movies and, and New Year's Eve movies where they get like 50 different celebrities in a movie and everybody gets two lines. And then a Rotten Tomatoes is like, this is like a 6% movie. It's the same kind of crap. There's no novelty to this stuff. There, there's no uniqueness. It's all just the same recycled bullshit time and time again. And, and, and then it's the Chrome versions and it's the, this version. And it's just like, come on, man. Just again. Go outside. Think of something new. I don't need 1,969 copies of the 1969 Tops Reggie Jackson in my collection. I don't. You know, if I want 670 1987 Maguires, that's on me. I don't need 19. You know, 1,987. Hey, how many of those Maguires do you have? Probably about 630, if if I remember. I, I so I have 660 Hamstead base rookie cards now. Those are a lot easier to come by. 
I know, but I've been buying them like crazy. Just, just wait until they do a documentary on them in 35 years, and then they'll go, those, those will be expensive. They'll be 35 cents each. Yeah. So I'm tired. Like, as much as I love this card, they've reprinted this son of a gun as many times as, many times as he got a hit. Leave it in 1975. That's okay. You know, once in a while, I mean, once, twice, you know, hey, we got this iconic card retrospectives in every goddamn product every year because they're going to do it. If I, if I could have, I would have, you know what, if I could bring something back, it would be similar to the uh, caricatures that are in big tops, uh, big league baseball and the uh, all-star cards from the early 90s score. It would be some yeah. kind of that I would have. Um, I'd, I would find it a really awesome cartoonist and and label them as an insert, kind of like they did Project 2020. Go find a true artist and say, listen, I want the starting nine for the, the, the all-star team on both sides. And then I'm going to do, I want to do nine rookie cards and then let's do nine Hall of Famers. Uh, you know why nine? Nine on a page. You could have a 27-card set. It would look awesome. So, yeah. so uh, mine isn't an insert per se. Um, ju- just a element that I'd like to see come back, maybe, um, as well as a, f- a photo choice. Um, I I, I want to see more than just this on the card. <laughs> we do too, man. That's scary as hell. Let us see some of the action. Let us see a guy actually get thrown out, not yeah. just the hyper cropped photos that they've been using recently. Exactly. And with all these cardboard cutouts, I really hope the 2021 tops is a throwback to 1991 tops with the photos. I, uh, I mean, look at happening in look field, at 73. You know? uh, there's so I, I, many I, years. I don't want to see, the, yeah, I don't want to see Matt Olson swinging a bat with a bunch of cart random cardboard cutouts behind him. I mean, I want to see anyway. Oh, it doesn't, oh, you it know, doesn't matter what we want. Well, they blur up the chat by uh, Stall, uh, Shaw Studios that says, Will a card saver one damage cards if stored long term? I don't believe I so. I, 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 I wouldn't. I mean, I know what? all of them have their own um, lifeline, if you will. Like pages are supposed to last twenty years, uh, sleeves are supposed to last five to ten. Um, I, I would occasionally swap them out, but uh, I wouldn't be worried short term about it. No, I have I have Ultra Pro pages from the mid nineties that still are in good shape. Oh, sure, but I, and they're definitely. <laughs> Side and in a binder, but they're in, they're still in really nice shape. So put put everything um, in a screw down, and you'll be fine. And then no, God no. Um, and then uh, for, for for the design element, I want to see more die cuts. Yeah, they die they cuts went away are pretty yeah. really well done ones. Um, you and Dan past. Dan would disagree. He was all excited about die cuts when he got back in 2010. Now he feels like everything has a die cut. So what does? I know, but he op- they open everything, dude. So, I, I mean, oh, and na- name a product that actually has a die cut insert. Uh, they had the decades of dominance this year, and uh, yeah, series one tops. Cut. Yeah, series one tops. Um, but you, you got to be careful with the die cuts too, because I, I got like a lead extra edition one from 2015. Somebody gave me uh, this week, and 
man, those are hard to put into a binder because they're like really like jet. They're not like traditional die cuts. They're like the like a Jenga board. Jaggy. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, you try to slide. Well, that guys, in this is catches it. This has been a uh, great show, and uh, as always, it was awesome. Paul was on tonight. It was that was fabulous? Covered quite a bit of stuff. We're gonna have some more stuff next week. Um, oh. I don't know if we do. We have a guest next week. We don't. Oh, I, if you want to be on the show. We We've had what four four weeks in a row. Yeah, they've been guests. awesome. Yeah. They have been awesome guests. So I love that, uh, guys. Final thoughts before we head out. We need to have Paul on because it was only this guy tonight. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not remember we're live. Right. Remember we're live every Wednesday at eight PM Pacific and Central. Uh, remember to watch the Hobby Hotline Saturdays and Mondays. Call in with any questions or comments. We appreciate the support there. Make sure to subscribe and review our show on all platforms. We do really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter about the cards. Follow Ben at our trading cards. Follow Steph at Junkwax. To end, you always follow me at BigShep79. Please share your hobby stories, great pulls, and send your questions our way. Keep collecting, and we will see you all next week. Mm-hmm.